0: Good morning, Thrive.
1: It's Mother's Day. I I offered to my wife to preach today, and she kind of has an open invitation to preach anytime she wants. But um, uh, she said no, because she couldn't get it in, and she lied. So (laughs) um, it's fine. It's Mother's Day. We're going to let it go. It's put on my pink shirt just to represent today. And uh, all moms, happy Mother's Day to those who are, uh, were, will be. Um, a, a truly uh, a praying, Christ-loving mom that will shape a young person's life. Uh, my dad didn't really start serving the Lord until I was 14. God got a hold of me um, when I was nine years old. And, and a lot of that, everything, that had everything to do with my mom Patty, she really led me to the Lord and discipled me uh, till till Bible College, and uh, and they took it from there. But but it it got a hold of and shaped my life, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're starting a new series today. There's a prayer of a mom, and her name is Hannah in the Bible. Um, so Hannah is a woman in the Old Testament. She becomes the mother of Samuel, the prophet, who's one of the major prophets. There's in the Old Testament there's a bunch of books named after prophets, and there's the major prophets and the minor prophets, and basically it's who's got bigger books. And and then and one of the big major ones is Samuel, and that's who she gives birth to. Uh, and there's a first and second Samuel, and that shares the story of uh, all, all the different kings, um, you know, Saul, David, Absalom, and, and so on. Uh, and Samuel was the guy who began all that. But Hannah is a woman, in her time, can't have a child. She's not had one. And it's not like now, you know, they can't go get tests they can 't find out they can 't there 's no in vitro there 's no way it 's in their time and in their space it was God blessed it or he didn 't you know uh, and and so much of a woman 's value is based on that we 're now living in a time and i 'm sorry, but I feel the need to speak to this for just a moment because it 's so present in our country and world this week we 're now living in a moment where We have swung the pendulum so far the other way, right? We are now, this week it was announced, it was leaked to the public that looks like the Supreme Court will decide to overturn Roe versus Wade. That is the best news our country has heard in 50 years. And if you are like, how dare you, what I would tell you is, I don't believe a woman's value is intrinsically tied to just her children, nor is a man's, right? Your value is intrinsically tied to the fact that God ordained your life. And the same is true of every child. In the womb, everywhere. That life was ordained and authored by God. And none of us have the right to take it. None of us, in any circumstance, anywhere, for any reason... Do we get to play God? Now that, with that said, pray for our nation. Do you guys remember in the 90s it went from safe, legal, and rare to now it's shout your abortion. I saw a clip this week of one lady screaming to a crowd, rip that child out of there. What has happened to us in this moment? Now, some of you, you've experienced, you've went through abortion. First of all, if you know Jesus, you're going to see him again. It's okay. You're forgiven. You're loved. God loves you and is for you. And you can, you can have the promise of seeing in them on the other side of eternity. And they're not going to blame you. They're going to embrace you. Because it's Christ's forgiveness we need, not somebody else's. Okay? We. It's different, but it's similar. In our loss of Seth, you have no idea how much guilt we have and sometimes still do wrestle with. And it's kind of neat. I know I'm off on a tangent today, but that's okay. It's a tangent. It's Mother's Day. We can just do tangents, right? You're not going to remember any of this today, right? You're going to be like... His, his wife said beautiful things, and he was up there. He was wearing pink. Um, but but uh, we got to, shortly after we had lost Seth, we got to go to a worship concert, and, and it was Chris Tomlin. Anybody here? I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Tomlin. It's the last few years I've been disappointed. Country's not my thing. But, um, but we got to go, and, he was, and Louis Gigler was there with him preaching. And a friend of mine, a good pastor friend of mine, who pastors like a mega church in Madison now, um, he, he, we were literally sitting right next to him. And, and my friend says, hey, do you want to meet Louie after the show? And he had known that we just lost Seth a few months before. Sure. Do you want to pray with him? Can't hurt. <laughs> you know. And I remember Lou Giglio saying to us, you know, on the other side, Seth isn't going to come up to you saying, Mom and Dad, what happened? He's, he's going to cheer you on. He's going to cheer on the saints. God authors life. God authored your life. God authors the lives of every child everywhere. Right? Do you know there are 36 parents in the U.S. waiting to adopt for every child up for adoption in the U.S. There is no excuse. There is no reason. If there's anybody in this church ever, or somebody you know in this church ever, saying they're about to sacrifice a child for the sake of, Whatever the hardship is, whatever the struggle is or the personal desire, you let us know and we'll do everything we can to help. We'll find a family. And if we don't find one, we'll take it. Okay? Guaranteed every time. There are families in this church longing for a child. They'll take yours. as promise. We'll pay for it. We will figure it out. You don't have to worry about the financial side of it. We'll figure it out. God authors life. That's Hannah's story. Hannah's crying out to God 1 Samuel chapter one verse ten and eleven, and we're just going to do a, pr- a series this summer. We're taking a break from the Gospel of Luke. Uh, we'll get back there; it's not going anywhere. And uh, we're gonna uh, and and these are different prayers, just significant, powerful prayers prayed in the Bible. First Samuel ten and eleven. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, "Lord Almighty." if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, don't forget your servant, but give her a son. And this is so cool. And I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be on his head. That was, that was basically saying, I, I, she was saying, I'm going to dedicate him even to the priesthood. Lord, give me a son. Remember me. Recognize me. Smile upon me. And I'll give them right back to you. Man, I think the Lord heard that and He's like, You got it, Hannah. I'm on it. Some of us want kids, but we don't want to give them back to the Lord. But, uh, but I want to point out a few things, right? She actually lays out a process in her prayers. I don't think she was trying to create a process, but she lays one out. And here's what she does. She says, uh, here's what she does first. Hannah poured out her heart to the Lord. Hannah pours out her heart to the Lord. God, this is everything. Some of you, you don't talk to God about what bothers you. Some of you don't talk to God about what bothers you because what bothers you is stuff with him. You disappointed me here. You let me down there. You didn't come through for me here. You didn't heal this disease. You didn't, here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow your mind. God already knows the things you're upset with him about. Because <laughs> he kind of knows everything. <laughs> so if you're like, well, I don't want to talk to him about that because I'm mad at him about it. Mother's Day, we can speak to that for a second, can't we? Is there a kid in here who knows when your mom's upset but she ain't telling you? Anybody? Moms, you, you know what I'm talking about. None of you do this. It's mom's outside of here. <laughs> right? Like, are, is everything okay? It's fine. Let me tell you, it is not fine. Whatever it is, fine is not what it is. <laughs> right? Well, we do that with God. It's fine, God. And God's like, it's not fine. <laughs> and I know it's not fine. It's not okay. And Hannah lays that out before the Lord. God, I need you to see me. Right here, she's kind of saying, I feel unseen by you, God. I don't feel recognized by you. I don't, I, what are you doing? I don't get it. She learns, man, in the, in the worst moments, you pour out your heart to the Lord. What, you know what I find so weird? I find Christians who bail on God in tough times. Like over the, I get it for I get it for a minute, I get it for a little while. I don't get it for like the long haul. Like I had a friend who left Christ, became an atheist, and all that stuff. And they're like, "Well, sin makes me feel bad, so I don't like it." And I've been through tough things, and I'm like, "Uh huh." You know what I don't get? Like, so wait, this didn't go your way, so you ditched God? Uh huh. Did it go your way after that? <laughs> no, but God didn't do it. Okay, so now that was bad, and you ditched God. Makes sense? <laughs> I'd rather go through hard stuff with him than without him. Hannah got it. Hannah, Hannah's like, I'm going to pour out my heart to the Lord. God, here, here it is. I'm, here, I'm just going to verbally vomit on you. I need you to take this, right? 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, we need to learn. Let's pour out our hearts. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand, and at the proper time he'll exalt you. Cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. We need to get the revelation. Nobody can be there for you like the Lord can. Nobody. His tangible presence is the best comfort on earth. Anybody here been going through hell, and God's presence just shows up? He doesn't change it, he doesn't move it, but he moves you. Man, that's it. And then all of a sudden, it's like lifted off you, right? Nothing changed. Nobody showed up with the check that you needed. No, it's just God was like, He's there. He's here. I'm. I'm it's okay. It's okay. He's here. It's good. God's got this. Hannah understood that by pouring out her heart. Some of you have seen this, but how many do you think this glass of water weighs? Go ahead, you can talk back to me. A pound, maybe? Did somebody say a pint? We're in America. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right? So many ounces. You know? Truth is, I can hold this for a while, right? How long do you think I can hold it? Eleven minutes. Eleven minutes? Let's time it. Just everybody stop talking, set a timer. No, I'm good. All right. It's Mother's Day. we got to get out of here at some point, right? We're all looking to go to lunch because none of us are cooking, right? Okay, so um, the truth is it doesn't really matter because... I can hold this water, but I can only hold it for so long. I can hold this probably for a good couple hours, but after a couple hours, you know what's going to happen? My arm's going to eventually start to ache a little bit. If I hold this for half a day, what's going to happen? I'm not even going to be able to keep my arm up. If I hold this for more than a day, what's going to happen is I'm going to be sore, I'm going to hurt, I can damage my neck, Eventually, I'm just going to grow numb. The longer I hold on to it, even though it doesn't seem like it's much, the longer I keep it, the more it damages me. And Hannah understood I got to pour it out. You have to take the things in your life and pour them out to the Lord or they will eventually cause you pain, cause you numbness, and damage your life. You have to, because it'll kill you. Hannah learned this. Hannah knew, I gotta pour it out. And the thing is, we have to stay in the relationship of continuing to pour it out. Why? Well, Hannah suffered. She understood struggle is inevitable. You are going to struggle this side of heaven, right? It says, she wept bitterly. She was in misery. But here's the beautiful part about that. That doesn't sound good, right? Matter of fact, in the charismatic Pentecostal side of the aisle, we're all, we're all not good with suffering. Like, you needed to have more faith, or pray it away, or or claim it, or whatever it is, fill in the blank, if you just... And you know what's funny? I've never met one person who eliminated all their suffering in life. And they're like, oh, I have. Do you pay taxes? Okay, then you didn't. <laughs> All right. You are still suffering somewhere somehow. You're you're still bald, right? Like you're suffering somewhere somehow. Oh, you have arthritis not well, that's just age. I'm not suffering. <laughs> Wrong, right? Eventually, like we this world's still fallen. It's still gonna affect us. Pain's still gonna come. But here's the best part. Philippians three, eight through eleven, indeed. I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God which depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I might attain the resurrection of the dead. (sighs) The most intimate relationship with Jesus Christ comes from the severest suffering. Miracles are awesome to see. I've found people who see miracles who aren't that close to Jesus. But the ones I know are closest with him, suffered with him and knew how to suffer with him. Did you hear that, Paul? That I become like Christ in his sufferings. What did Christ do in his sufferings? He endured. He he forgave us, literally from the cross. The Father forgive them. He invited somebody into eternity with him when they cried out to him. He he told his mom, he told his, uh, his mom, you got a new son and you take care of her. On the cross, Jesus was taking care of his mom. Come on, right? If you didn't do something today, step it up. Jesus did on the cross. You could do something today, all right? So... With that said, like Jesus Jesus got it. Jesus suffered and Jesus did most of it in total silence. He didn't even cry out, he kept giving it to the Lord. And he became it. That's that's what it is to suffer with the Lord. We don't go on Facebook and we're like, I can't believe this barista got my order wrong. I am under such heavy persecution. (laughs) Call the voice of the martyrs. I need an article. done on me and my struggle. Like, no. You just bring it to the Lord. Here, God. Here, here. Take it, take it, take it. You know what's interesting? I, I heard this great story one time of a pastor talking to another pastor mentor a friend, and he's like, man, I'm just burned out. I'm struggling with ministry. Well, why? How's your relationship with the Lord? Well, good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm praying and stuff. He's like, yeah, are you giving the Lord your burdens? Well, I mean, I'm praying about it, but I, I st- I'm just not getting this burden off you. And he's like, Well, then you're not. (laughs) If you leave the Lord still burdened, you didn't give it to him. You didn't make the trade. You didn't pour it out. Hannah understood we're going to suffer, which is why we got to stay in that place of giving it back to him and give it back to him. When I'm in the place of struggle, I don't always do that. Sometimes, you you can ask my wife. She lives with me. You can ask my kids. When I I suffer, why don't you suffer with me? (laughs) You know, sometimes I'm like, look, I don't want to take it out on you. Well, yes, I do. (laughs) You know, right? We, We all do it sometimes, right? You're coming, you know, if I'm in pain, then you're coming with me. We all do it. You know, if I had a bad day, I'm going to make sure you know about it, you know. (laughs) Let me invite you into my pain. And yet your family, your kids, your wife, your husband, they're like, I'd rather not be invited to it. And yet Jesus is the one saying, I'd like to be. I can take it. He wants it. Oh, look, we, we do share with others, we grieve with others, we share a day and our, our struggles, right? The Bible even says that we weep with those who weep, we mourn with those who mourn, we rejoice with those who rejoice, right? We, we do that, right? But the ones who know Jesus the closest and the most are the ones who've learned to suffer with him and give them their sufferings. Man, that, and that one's tough we think the most intimate with Jesus are the ones who get all the shivers and all the, Ooh, he just spoke to me, and I got some revelation. <laughs> you know, that's what we think. No, The ones who know him the most are the ones who walk through the fire and hold his hand. It's the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that says, my God will deliver me, but even if he doesn't. And when they walked in the fire, there he was. You see, That was the most amazing thing. And then, and then here's the best part. Because Hannah, the next step is, right, she suffered, right, she poured it out. But Hannah remembered. She remembered who God was, right? Verse 11, remember me and forget not your servant, but give her a son, and I'll give him to the Lord. She's saying, okay, God, I remember you, now remember me, and I'll make sure you get the glory, Hannah did not know what God was going to do, but she remembered who God was. See, a lot of times we forget to give God our problems, not because we don't think he'll take it, but we forget who he is. We need, you need to remind yourself who God is. We are so good at letting our circumstance define our creator, and that is not how things are defined. It is defined from who he is out. We've got it backwards. We're upside down. Right? A woman's choice is now more valuable than a child's life. That's backwards and upside down. Right? Well, I feel it, therefore it must be true. No. (laughs) And I don't mean just, just Roe versus, I mean all things, right? We now live, I just posted about it the other day, we used to live in an age of reason where thought and argument embraced logic and was explained out. We now live in an age of emotion. If you feel it, therefore it is good and truth. It's backwards and upside down. No, 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 no. What's true is true, and then what you feel should be defined by what's true. See, some days, I feel like going up to the barista at Lockport and saying, "Did you graduate high school?"?" <laughs> because I don't think this should take t- it's a cup of coffee. It's, you know, I don't have seven ingredients. I wanted black coffee. I'm a black man. I said what I said, right? But, but like, that's me. I, I like coffee black. I don't think this is hard. Why did this take 20 minutes? What's the matter with you? That's what I feel like doing. <laughs> but I don't do it. Because it's cruel and mean and unkind. And I don't know what kind of day they're having. And I don't know what's happening at the Starbucks. And it's a cup of coffee, so why am I so upset? Well, there's reasons. Coffee's a powerful tool, but <laughs> I could use one right now. If anybody wants to just make a run to the lobby, I'll take it. Okay. But 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 we stop and remember and that we're like, I can't I need what's true is God has called me to be kind and loving and, and patient and graceful. That's what's true. And that informs my feelings, and my feeling is do mean, unkind things. Well, my feeling's not true. Hannah remembered, I am in the midst of hell. I am barren. I am alone. I feel rejected. But I remember, you're God, and you can do anything. She didn't come to God saying, I know you're going to give me a son. She came to God saying, I know you're God. And you can do anything and this is what I'm asking. And if you do this, Lord, I want you to know I come to you requesting this and if I get my request, I'll give him right back. And in that moment, Hannah honored God. Hannah says, he won't be mine. He won't be mine, God. I just want you to know And he becomes Samuel the prophet, who appoints the first two kings of Israel, Saul and then eventually David. And from David's line comes Jesus. So a woman who had no child becomes part of the Jesus God story of humanity who gives birth to the man who would appoint the king who brings lineage to Jesus. Isn't it cool? The whole Old Testament all points to Jesus. She would dedicate him to God. See, that's that's what Hannah remembers in this moment. That's how Hannah honors God. Because she said, when I don't feel seen, when I don't feel loved, when I don't feel recognized, when I feel alone, I'm going to pour out my heart Remember who God is. I, I know I'm going to suffer, but I'm going to remember who He is, and I'm going to honor Him. That's what communion represents. It is a reminder to ourselves: You paid everything for me. My circumstance needs to be defined by this. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling really alone, Lord. Go back to this moment. Come back to this table. He said, he promised, I'll never leave you. God, I just feel so dirty. I've sinned so much. I'm so broken. Come back to this table. I paid everything to make you clean. God, I'm, I'm, I'm just so wicked. i just, you're not coming through for me. He came through for you. Moms carry a heavy weight that dads don't carry. It's a story that I'm going to share and, uh, I'm, and we're going to close and we're going to close with communion today and we're going to bless you and just send you out to have a great day. So, a missionary uh, speaker would Um, and speak at our Bible college. He's since passed away, but his name was John Garlock. He was an amazing guy. And he grew up largely in the mission field in Africa. And in the mission field in Africa in like the 1920s and 30s. He was a little kid in Africa. Not Africa now. (laughs) Africa almost 100 years ago. He was in his 70s when he was speaking there our school in the 90s, you know. And I remember him getting up there one day and him saying, you know, he wanted to go, he wanted to go, like, sailing, and his dad took, his dad took, like, this old water basin or something, cut it in half, put a sail on it, and he went out, and he's like, great, he's like five, six years old, and he goes out on the rivers of Africa, sailing, and he's been out all day, he comes in, and his mom is like, where have you been? Oh. Mom, I was sailing, and his mom's like, there's alligators in this water. They're, they're, you know, there's piranhas, like this this is Africa. this isn't this isn't a river in the backyard in Michigan. What, what are you doing? And, and he goes, and you know, there's the difference a little bit between moms and dads. you know, Dads see sailing and moms see alligators and piranhas, right? But moms get like this is what can happen. And God made both, both his design. They're both his heart. They're both from who he is. But when you are looking at your kid and you're like, God, I can't give them what I want to give them, he did. God, I can't repair what needs repairing. It's okay, he did. I failed my kids. We're all going to do that. He didn't. That's what this table is. You remind yourself, you don't have to do all things. Matter of fact, somebody said to us once, in the, we're about to close, let's stand together. Somebody said to me once, it's your God-given right to give something your kids need to go to counseling for. <laughs> it's just going to happen. We're broken. We are sinners saved by grace. Your kids, they're gonna hate some things about you at some point. Man, welcome. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> like, it's just part of the deal. And it's okay. And then eventually you grow up, you get to be my age. You got five kids and you're like, man, my parents, they were a lot smarter than I realized. I was a lot dumber than I realized. They really did their best. They loved God. They kept me in church. You know they got me to every youth conference, every youth choir, everything they possibly could, and man, that set me on such a good road. I don't think I'm doing all right. But more than that, it's because of this table right here. That's what it represents. Jesus paid it all. He's got this. He's got you. But I, I just got a bad death sentence, Pastor Brian no you didn't because he's the healer now and forevermore and if he doesn't heal your body you get to go and live forever anyway some of you are praying for a child today, yeah the bible says Jesus sits at the right hand of the father interceding for us so you're not praying alone, he's with you I don't know how to forgive them Lord let him do the forgiveness work that's the best part of this I want you to leave here today every mom, child, son father, daughter I want you to leave when you pick up this leave your burden right there make the trade that he just poured out before him because he poured out everything for you
0: that's what this is that's the best news ever